Welcome to Three Song Stories. We're the podcast that builds biographical bridges using music and what we like to call song stories. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest today is Ryan Boland. Ryan is chief business officer at Mercola Market, where he leads his team in achieving their mission regarding product innovation, sustainability, and transparency. Originally from New York, Ryan began his career in the food and restaurant industry, selling ingredients to restaurants, but later transitioned to natural health formulations, working for a supplement manufacturer. He was the first Mercola employee to settle in Cape Coral and so helped transfer the business operations from Chicago in 2016. He was recently named a 40 Under 40 honoree by Business Observer. He says he welcomes all opinions and ideas, encourages collaboration amongst his various teams, and that he's ambitious, intentional, and passionate about every aspect of his life. When Ryan's not at work, he spends time with his wife, Carol, and their two sons, Jack and Brandon. He says he loves fishing, listening to music, and cooking. He was pitched to us by Mercola's communication manager, Marie Heisler, which, by the way, means if you've got someone you'd like to hear on this show, reach out to us and let us know. But now, on to Ryan's song stories. Hey there, Ryan. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for doing this. And thanks to Marie, who recommended you. Oh, she's fantastic. Yes, I'm very excited she recommended me, and uh, I'm excited to be here. So if I ask you to flash back to an early musical memory as far back, something that has a song in it or something associated with music, what comes to mind? Wow. Um, when I was a kid, I my first rock concert was... Um, don't, I know it was Van Halen. Van Halen. My my dad, my dad and my uncle took me to see Van Halen. It was my first rock concert, and Eddie Van Halen put the um, he put the uh, the cigarette into the into the um, into the, the strings and started playing, <laughs> and the cigarette was going up in smoke, and he was he was just rocking out to I think it was uh, you really got me now. Remember mm-hmm. you know, remember they read the, that song, uh, and he did eruption. That's what it was. That first thing, for some reason, comes to my head. Wow, that's a pretty good memory, I was a little kid. Uh, Did you know who Van Halen was? Were you around that kind of music? I was. I was. I grew up up with a lot of rock music. You know, my dad was really into it. My mom was more into, uh, you know, like soft rock, you know, like Michael Bolton and Celine (laughs) Dion. And then my dad was more into this bluesy sound, you know. And, And I really got into classic rock as a kid myself. I got into it. And I became obsessed with music. You grew up where? I grew up in uh, um, on Staten Island, New York, until I was about 10. And then Newburgh, New York, which is about an hour and 20 minutes north, uh, Poughkeepsie, Hudson Valley area. My dad was a New York City fireman. That was the furthest you could move away. Oh, wow. Yep. Um, uh, do you have early memories of going into Manhattan? Do you have any musical associations with that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we would go into the city all the time. And, um, man, uh, from a music standpoint, I would say we have I've, – I've seen so many, you know, concerts and, you know, I, I've seen it all in, in New York City, you know. How long, did you, how long ago did you move down here? About, uh, about six years ago, what were five, your, six years what ago. What were your first impressions? Oh, love it. I should have moved here a long time ago, my friend. <laughs> 
So how would you characterize the musical background of your childhood? You've explained what your parents were listening to, but was there musical instruments being played around you? Were your grandparents into music? Just kind of fill that, flesh that out a little bit more. You know, um, I did not have musical instruments because nobody in my family actually played anything. Um, what it was was growing up, I grew up in that uh, – that Italian Irish family when you in New York you had parties, all you did was listen to oldies and you know and and music and and I just I found uh, um I just can say uh, escaping to my room and listening to music was something that really meant something to me, and I started to like lyrics and understand things, and then I started to you know make make mixtapes because this was before uh-huh. you know what you know what everyone's used to today mixtapes off the radio yeah you know, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, yeah and did you ever make a mixtape for someone else in order to try to impress them with your musical stylings you know i actually did something even crazier i think about this <laughs> is when i was in elementary school i wrote down all the songs i had for uh that tapes I had and songs, and I put them on a piece of a sheet. I made it, I had my mom and dad make Xerox, cop, Xerox copies. I gave it to them, to the kids, and everyone circled it, and they paid me $5 you to boot, make You were bootlegged. I got in trouble, though. I got in trouble, <laughs> but I, I, I got pulled into the, the principal's office and said, you can't do this. And I'm like, well, I, why not? I don't understand, you know? That was probably quite a bit of work, though, because you were was. working on tapes, so you'd have to have, like, a double tape deck, and you'd have to line it up and press pause and then, you know, do all that stuff. I, I thought I was the coolest thing, because, you know, I, I had Faith No More. Remember Faith uh-huh. No More? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I had, like, you know, I had those kinds of tapes back in the day there. Do you remember the first music you owned? Um, I remember I remember a little bit different. I remember the first CDs. That I owned. Okay. Um, tapes. I I think it was someone. My my um, cousin bought me Doctor Feelgood Motley Crue tape when I was a kid, but I wasn't really into the music yet. But what really changed me was, um, I got Radiohead the Bends. Mm-hmm. That was a CD, and I bought it because I saw the music video, which music videos were big back then, was High and Dry, Don't Leave Me High. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember. And, oh, yeah, uh, definitely. And and I'll never forget is is the next song after that was Fake Plastic Trees, yeah. which, you know, which was a great song, but I never listened to it. And then one day I was, like, in the car with my parents. I remember I let that, that song play through where it, like, kicks up at the end, and that ended up being my favorite song on the album, you know, and then that album just blew my mind, and... And that was my first CD I remember owning. You know, it's something, too, that's interesting about that is there's something um, – maybe I'm wrong, but I think, you know, the CD was this new technology. Oh, yeah. And Radiohead was sort of this band that represented this new technology somehow because it had Correct. this sort of – you know, it wasn't, inst- it wasn't, you know, electronic music, but it was – wasn't really rock, but it was sort of futuristic somehow. So Does that cool. make sense? So cool. And that was the, the Benz, the next album was OK Computer, and that's when they started the, the whole electronic yeah. aspect and started mixing it in. And, yeah. and But the Benz was – there was something about that album because the album before that was when they did Creep. Yeah, you know, so it was just like they're in between stage. Uh, Radiohead still on your playlist? Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Oh, seen yeah. them live? I have not. I got I to see them live once over wow. in West Palm Beach. I don't know, fifteen years ago, something like that. I wish, man. I it, wish it was something. Um, brothers and sisters? I have two brothers. I'm the oldest of three. Um, did you influence? I was going to say, if they're older, then did they influence you? Did you influence their musical style? Um. Y- yeah. Yeah. I think so. I. I think they made fun of my music a lot. But. But. Uh. You know. Th- th- which is fine because I was just. I had my own. My own thing. I got into indie rock, which I'll get into soon. But. Um. 
they're more my, my little brother, you know, he was 10 years difference. So, you know, I brought home stuff for him to listen to. And he'll say like, man, you brought home the coolest stuff, you know, <laughs> and my mom be like, they're cursing, they're cursing. I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't think about it. Like he's only he's 10 years different, but he's still my little brother, you know. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I did influence them a little bit. Yes. Was there any music you kind of just alluded to this that you brought home when you were younger that your parents didn't jive with? Or if you were listening to, you know, rock and classic rock and your dad was, there may have been not you much know, tension. I do remember getting into Rage Against the Machine, and I don't think they were big fans of that one. Uh, you know, uh, that was a that was a, an era where you know I remember discovering you know that. There was that early 99, 98, where all that music kind of had a resurgence. It was like Metallica and Rage Against the Machine. There was like a little, you know, they didn't want me to play in that at home. It's just because it was only, you know, there was obviously a lot of profanity and, and it was intense. So that that would probably be the ones. They were like, what is this? I'm like. So musical instruments weren't being played around you. Did you ever throughout life pick one up? Okay. I've tried. You've tried. I've tried. How hard? Oh, failed miserably, my friend. <laughs> failed I mean, how hard miserably. did you try? Oh, <laughs> uh, I tried. I tried very up. You know what, though? I'm a very good at air guitar, which I'll get into later, too. But, yeah, I, I, I cannot play instruments. If you could choose to learn one instantly without effort, would it be guitar or would you pick something else? You know, as I'm getting older here, I always thought it would be guitar, but I love the piano. I love the piano, man. That would just be so cool to play a piano. Yeah. And, you know. Well, and it's funny that I th- now that I think about it because if you play guitar, you know, you might wind up somewhere and you can sort of say, hey, can I play your guitar? But if you knew how to play piano, you wind up in places where there's a piano. And oh, if yeah. you know how to play, you can go over and sit down and oh. play in most cases. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. That would be like a superpower. And, and it, it, it's a superpower. It's, <laughs> it's so captivating to see someone just sit down and play piano. And you're like, wow. You know, and especially when they sing, too. I mean, my little brother is actually musically inclined. So the, ten, the one that's 10 years difference yeah. he's unbelievable so that's where as i got oh. older i got into music and i have a piano at my home and recently he decided he's like i can play the piano and he literally played a rendition of lean on me that gave me chills wow you know you get one of those apps that teaches you yeah, how to play. Yeah, they, yeah, they've made it yeah. pretty easy these days. Um, okay, well, let's get to the music. Your first okay. song is the, the, we're in the order you sent them, right? Correct. So it's the Wilco song. Yes. So how would you like to handle this in terms of so storytelling? I, I think I, I have to start where I mentioned where mentioned that I, I I love indie rock and and this is the actual song that got me into indie rock and that's not where the story is going it's going into a different place but it needs to start there so when you know we talked about CDs and so on and so forth when I was in college I went to SUNY Albany all right um, I'm a SUNY Albany grad and basically what we did is we would sit down in our dorm room. And Napster just came out. It just came out. Okay. I remember. Oh, man. Oh, man. It was, It was. you know, at that moment in time, you had to buy a CD. You had to burn CDs, you know, all of a sudden. And having come from, you know, duplicating tapes off the radio, oh, this yeah. is like, it's like the promised land. It was, it was captivating. Like, we would sit there for hours and just download every classic song you can imagine. And. And that's the thing is, I remember like once I, you know, you, you eventually like had everything, you know, because you would just be like, what else do I need? What else do I need? And I got bored. I got bored. Got you know? bored with the stuff you thought you wanted. Exactly. I had enough. I'm out. I'm like, I need some new music. Where, am I, where can I get new music? And I have this tool now. I can watch any, listen to anything I want. Well, what can I listen to? So I went into the internet and I typed in top albums of the year and, and, uh, website pops up, cdnow.com, which is Amazon now, <laughs> which at that time was huge. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And they gave it, I think this was like 2002, they gave 
the, the top 50 albums of the year. And the number one album of the year was Yankee Foxtrot Hotel by Wilco, which is literally one of the best albums of all time. And I remember I was like, what is this? All right, I got to check it out. So I finally go to Napster. And the first song that they got is this War on War. So I click on it. And it's got this weird sound going. And I'm like, hmm, what is this? And all of a sudden, the piano kicks in. I told you something about those pianos, man. That piano kicks in. And, man, I remember just being like, whoa. It gave me like, it just got me. And I'm like, this is awesome. This is so awesome. And then, you know, that song just starts playing. What a great, interesting song. And then you got further, you know, Jesus, etc. And the song, I mean, uh, 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 heavy metal drummer and... I'm trying. I'm trying to break. Her. The album is amazing. And then the next album was The Shins, which was uh, Shoots Too Narrow, which is another amazing classic. And it went down the line, down the line. And I started getting into this indie rock. And then I just went from there. And then I was like, I don't even want to hear this old music anymore. There's so much stuff I can discover out there that no one even is listening to. It changed everything. It changed everything for me. And I became obsessed. And that, everyone knows me. I'm obsessed. I, I just look for new music. And that was my start. And that song is the song that captivated me. So now what's interesting is about four years ago, okay, um, uh, I was going through a divorce. I was living with my parents. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 you know, I, Different, different world, you know. Yeah. And uh, I was on a business trip in Las Vegas, and uh, um, I came home. My parents were on a, a trip; they were gone, and I was like, you know, what? I'm going to go out tonight, and I'm going to go out by myself. Got dressed, went out to Nice Guys Pizza in Cape Coral. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. Awesome. We did. We did a live show there. Oh man, three song know. stories live at there. Oh, okay, <laughs> the best, the best, right? So I walk. Walk into the uh, nice – now they have a new spot, but it was the original spot, uh-huh. you know, which was really tiny in such a good way. Like, you know, it was really tight. And um, I walk in and I look. It's Friday night. The place is packed. And I look and on the end of the bar, there's uh, there's one seat left or like, you know, th- there's nothing. In, and I saw there's like a couple sitting here and they're they're going to go there and there's – Two, two, two uh, uh, very beautiful women sitting at the end of the bar, like, you know, and I, I kind of walked around and I s- ran over and I sat down and I'm sitting there and um, I order a pizza and a beer and I look over and I'm like, oh, wow, wow, this girl is really beautiful sitting next to me right now, but she's talking with a friend, you know, and I'm like, well, okay. And all of a sudden, um, as I'm sitting there drinking my beer, I cannot believe it. War on war. Huh. comes on the radio in the bar. I mean, what are the chances on a Friday night yeah. at a bar, this obscure song comes on. Yeah, from 20 years ago. And 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 I can't help myself. I go, excuse me, to the girl next to me. And I said, have you ever heard this song? And she's like, what? I'm like, this is called War on War by Wilco off the album Yankee Foxtrot Hotel. If you have never heard this song, you should listen to it immediately. It is absolutely incredible. And I said, and my name is Ryan, by the way. And she's like, my name is Carol. Nice to meet you. And I'm like, nice to meet you. And that conversation, she's my wife today. Huh. Right? And and if I think about this and you put it in perspective, if you think about the words and we can listen to the song after this, but it's you have to die if you really want to be alive, is it the way those words go? And to me, that was, I was, I was, I, I was you know, reborn that day. I was, I would have changed my life. You know what I mean? I became alive, you know? Shall we listen to yeah, it? Yeah. I just got to chill. Yeah. I'm not even going to introduce it. Go, Jared. Yeah. 
you guys like? Was that like instant? You guys just have been together ever since. Yeah. Ever since that moment. That at the bar? moment. That moment was. It was soulmates. Looking, at, just connecting immediately. I mean, it was like I knew her my whole life, man. And that was the song. I mean, that song got me into my love of music. It got me into, and here I am. You know, I was. I, I, I learned how to be alive, man. It was just. It was unbelievable. It was hard to believe, and it still is today. And, you know, I, I was so excited. You know, she's so excited for me to come here today. And she's just like, <laughs> wow, man. Like, wow, look at us. That's a song story right there. Yeah. That's what we yeah. talked about. Yeah. Um, did that song play a role in your wedding? You know what? No. 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 You know why? <laughs> That's our song. Man. Understood. You know, Understood. There, there, there's something about that song that, that just – it's it's the story and it's it's that moment in time and it's for for her and I like I don't know we we just we we covered it you know what I mean yeah do you ever um, see Wilco oh yeah are they still around they're still oh yeah they're, they're still, still around music? but they are Jeff Tweedy and and you know I mean they're they're a great story I mean the piano player actually passed away I mean but he they they broke up and then they brought in that guy Niels Klein which mm-hmm. is one of the greatest guitarists and Wilco kind of re you know rebuilt themselves into a whole different band and i have seen them multiple times they will blow your mind live when you got into wilco when you were you were in college basically when that happened yes i was in college what were your friends listening to and were they like what is this wilco thing that you're suddenly where are you going well you know and, and that and that's that's the thing is if you think about it with this wilco and indie rock is is at that moment in time i think music was Man, it was rough. I mean, that, to my feeling, what was big at that moment in time was like this Nickelback and stained and puddle of mud, whatever. I mean, you know, at that time, it just it, it wasn't my it's thing. Has, there's a place for it. There was a place for it. There's a place for everything, you know. But it wasn't my my thing. The 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 music that got mainstream that changed things to me was I remember being in the you know dorm rooms. And everyone was obsessed with all these, you know, these stained and so on and so forth. And all of a sudden, this song came on and it was, last night, she said, it was The Strokes. Oh, yeah, when yeah, When The yeah, Strokes yeah. came out with that album, This Is It, it changed. The music on the radio started getting a little bit different and the white stripes started coming yeah. out. Like, you know, and, and that was like the underbelly of indie rock, like the start. But there was this underbelly. That was even further down, which was where you got into the Wilcos and the Shins. They weren't being played on the radio. Right. They, they, you had to find these guys, you know. But, but the Strokes were really the ones that brought this other kind of huh. tune in. And that album, another great album. You know, it's hard to choose so many songs. I mean, I love that album. I mean, um, but, but that that was the 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 way music was going at that time. So I was really more diving into that indie rock, and my friends weren't into it really. They weren't. They were, they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had some interesting outlier musical tastes along the way that my friends were like, okay, Mike, okay, you keep <laughs> listening to that Canadian band. <laughs> oh yeah, what, 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 was that? Uh, uh, um, who were you listening to in the Canadian? Uh, well, actually, the band I was really into in the early to mid '90s was called Moxie Fruvis. They're Moxie a Toronto-based four-person band who did. Um, lots of they're very musical, lots of harmonies, but they were very um, instrumental. So they played all the different instruments. They all played the instruments. They were like kind of like Bare Naked Ladies. Remember Bare Naked Ladies? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. They were the Bare Naked Ladies that didn't make quite as big. 
I will check them out. Okay. I like all new music. I will send you some Please information. Please do. Please yeah. do. Um, so uh, you have talked about some of the stuff you were listening to when you were younger, but flashback to high school and paint a picture of what the musical era and scene was like when you were in high school. Ooh, um, you know, that, that's, that's what's interesting is I was into Radiohead in high school. I was into um, – a lot of grunge because it was really big for me. So I was a big Pearl Jam fan. Yeah, that was, you had been right there. Yeah, in the sweet man. Spot I was that. a Pearl Jam, uh, Alice in Chains. You know, you know, I was really into that music. Um, but I also loved, and that's the thing, is the Radiohead. So a lot of the guys that liked, you know, the Pearl Jam, like you know, we were all into you know, Stone Temple Pilots. But they weren't into the Radiohead stuff, you know. They, that that wasn't their thing. That wasn't their thing. And I, I I was I was really into it. And my 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 best friend, I was I was lucky. He, you know, I never think he was a musician actually. And he would listen to albums like Dinosaur Junior. Uh, and he would listen to Beck Odelay uh-huh. and Beck Mutations. Like those albums were just incredible music. And like he even I remember introduced me to like Muse when they first came out. Like you know. And, and Modest Mouse, like, you know, he kind of had that. Modest you know, oh, man. Well, another great band. <laughs> I got to see them at a bar in Tampa, and there was maybe 250 people. Oh, my goodness. And that was when they were big. I mean, oh, it was like this weird little outlier. How did you show. even pull that off? I, I don't know. It was like, hey, do you guys want to go? Somebody said, do you want to see him? And we walked in, mm-hmm. and we walked up and sat at the bar. But we were only 30 feet away from oh, him, and we were at the bar. <laughs> so we'd be so like, amazing. bring me another cocktail, bartender. I'm watching Modest watching Mouse. Watching Modest Mouse. <laughs> oh, man. Isaac Brock, what a great I, – I, I love them. Do you know uh, – back to Canadian bands real quick. Do you know the Weaker Thans? I do. Okay. I that's do. I, as, I you're, do. You, as you kept talking, I'm like, oh, I bet he knows the yes, Weaker Thans. Yes, I do. Yes, I love I do. the Weaker Thans. I'm trying to get – um, the Sanibel Island Writers Conference is hosted by a FGCU professor who's super into music. And he brought the lead singer and songwriter from the Weaker Thans here like four years ago to be a presenter. Oh, really? Yeah. And so now he's trying to line him up for another future writers conference, and he will be in that chair. Oh, I, I will listen <laughs> to that, my friend. Yeah. Uh, so um, you said you saw um, Van Halen first live. Correct. Um, peak concert that you've seen in your life. Oh, tough one, man. Tough one. I'll, I'll tell you. What jumped there first? I'll tell you. You know what jumps there first is on a business trip, Austin, Texas, um, I have uh, uh, our rep. We'd have to go store to store to store. And, you know, I just she would drive me around. We'd go to stores and we try to get our product in. And um, I'm driving with her and she goes, hey, um, you know, uh, uh, my husband is the cameraman at Austin City Limits. Ooh. And if you want, um, would you like to go tonight? I can have a ticket. I will call for you. I'm like, what? Wait, what? Who's playing? <laughs> she goes, Gary Clark Jr. Huh. So I don't know if you know Gary Clark Jr. I don't. Okay. Gary Clark Jr. is absolutely amazing. You need to know Gary Clark Jr. He is in Austin, that's that's his home base, and he was like a phenom uh, guitar player that played with Stevie Ray and and uh-huh. Jimmy Vaughn, and you know, and I got to see him at Austin City Limits, which by the way is a very tiny place. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine. Yeah. I'm trying to picture the scenes that I've seen, and unless they're not showing a bunch of people off in the dark, it just it's, goes up. It's yeah. like a little studio, and I mean, it was unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. I was yeah. going to ask uh, – one of the questions is, is what was the biggest act you saw in a small venue? But that kind of might satisfy That's it. That. that does satisfy. What's the it. biggest show you've ever seen? Like, Ooh. You know. um, listen, I'm a Springsteen fan. Okay. So <laughs> I, um, you know, I have seen Springsteen many times and I've seen him play for three-plus hours. I've seen him play at uh, you know, uh, the Meadowlands. I've seen him play – 
uh, you know, Nassau Coliseum. And, you know, I don't think I've seen them in Madison Square Garden, but, you know, I got to see some just really cool venues in, in the Northeast. And Springsteen was, you know, uh, my, my dad didn't like Springsteen. My dad liked Billy Joel. But my <laughs> they look kind of like the Beatles and the Stones. Yeah, yeah. It was like you know, I like both. I like both. But 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 I grew into loving Springsteen, and I find him one of the best songwriters I of all time. I don't even know if he could hear me. We can hear you now, Tara. Oh shoot, that's hilarious. I said, isn't it like a New York, New Jersey thing just to Springsteen? And I mean, that it's like a prerequisite, isn't it? Oh, oh, it's a prerequisite. I mean, I believe you're from Jersey. You said so. You have no choice. Like, yeah, there's no choice. You there. have bon no Jovi choice as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you, uh, besides War on War, do you and your wife's musical tastes align? Oh yes, yes, yeah. and and that's why you know I I interest her at that moment I believe too because she's like this is a cool song like you know she's really into indie rock and she's into the same kind of music and we really connected off of music and immediately you know we would stay up late nights and just listen to music all night you know and just we still do that I, to be honest we did that last night you know, you know it's. <laughs> Do you ever uh, do you ever make her a mix CD or I guess now it would be a playlist? Oh, I would just send her my playlist. We send songs back right. and forth. Yeah. Um, so I was reading up on you, and it said that you came up with and cooked the entire menu for your wedding. Yeah, yeah, Whoa, yeah. Who does that? Well, you know, I I I, I love cooking. That's you know, it's music and cooking, right? So what it came down to is I was like, we're gonna have our we had our wedding at our home in our backyard, and I was like, you know, I don't want you know. Green beans with slivers of, of, you know, almonds and, you know, the same thing. Everyone gets the same stuff, you know. I'm like, I want to make it myself. But I actually had to prepare it and I got to – my brother Zach had to make it because okay. I, I was like, I can't make it. I'm going to get it all over my shirt. So I'll, you, you know. did – you were like the sous chef yeah. and then you went and got dressed. Well, what I did is I basically went and prepared everything and said this is how you're going to make it. You know, this yeah. is the, you know, this is the menu. This is what you're going to do. Everything's done. You just need to cook this, cook that. And did he know. do well? Oh yeah, he was. He's a great chef too. Do you yeah. guys have music played at like a reception afterwards? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We had we had in the backyard. We had all kinds of music playing. Everyone was singing and dancing, just like it always. You know, to the Frankie Valleys of the world, to the you know everything you can imagine. Do you do a first dance? Uh, if so, what song? Yeah, uh, a Tiny Dancer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I love. I call my wife my Tiny Dancer. So yeah, she's That's, a she's a great dancer. That is sweet. Are you a dancer? No, I try. <laughs> I try. You'll you're not afraid to try, but you're you don't feel like you got it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, listen, my my wife's from uh, Cali, Colombia, so she's a excellent salsa dancer so i have i have a lot to try to learn <laughs> you don't get to say no that. no i don't i don't it's very difficult i'm trying my best though i, I can hilarious. move i can move a little bit uh, okay it's time for your second song and okay. i love that you've brought this because i hadn't thought of this song in a long time oh. and i have memories with this song too so go ahead yeah so so this goes back to my 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 childhood in saturday mornings um my mom my mother and father would wake up very early like we wouldn't be up but you would wake up to the music right and and basically you know my mom I got to give it to her she she would blast you know beach boys but I told you she was more into that light fm so you know uh you know she she did the beach boys she also did one thing I'll give to her and it's the best karaoke of all time is REO Speedwagon she was a huge REO Speedwagon fan so you know we you not heard it from a friend <laughs> yeah. you know, like all that stuff so, so uh, watching karate kids yeah yeah it's just it's just it's just great so um so 
But my dad, my dad was obsessed with Eric Clapton's Unplugged album. Now, I'm going to be honest. I never want to hear Tears from Heaven or Layla on that album ever again. It was overplayed in a million different ways. However, the songs on that album and my brothers, we are all, we've heard this album so much that we can, all of us can recite the songs in and out. And my dad would sit there and he would stand in front of the stereo because it was obviously CDs at that time. And he would just air guitar through full songs and just like sit there with his eyes closed. And you'd be like, what, what are you doing, man? You know what I mean? Like, you know, but then I sit there, I'm like, and he's like, listen to this. And this is when you're young. Yeah, we're young, you know. Yeah. Obviously, you make fun of your dad when he's air guitar when you're young because yeah. I have two boys and they make fun of me. But, you know, and I, I sat there and I'm like, man, you know, then I realized I'm like, man, I find myself air guitar. You know, you found yourself air guitaring to that, to those songs. And, and that album, you know, you take those two famous songs, which are fantastic. I just heard them so many times, you know. That album from cover to cover is so incredible and he would play it all the way through and we would get to old love and that was where he would start the air guitar and like oh love mm-hmm. <laughs> right and then and then it would go into my brother my middle brother and I love is alberta he's like alberta alberta and what's interesting is when you listen to that album the piano once again blows my mind. Do you know who plays the piano? In no, no. Chuck Lavelle, huh. who was the Allman Brothers uh, pianist. So, wow. so what's interesting too is is when you hear it now, you'll he'll be like, "Hit it, Chuck." He yeah, actually yeah, says, yeah, "Hit yeah. it, Chuck." He's telling Chuck Lavelle, and the piano was unbelievable. Now, after Alberta went into San Francisco Bay Blues, and that's my next song, and. There's something about this song. I don't care who you are. You're air guitar. You're, you're strumming, man. You're strumming. You're pretending. Like, you're pretending you have a guitar in your hand. It makes you move. The piano's hitting. And there's just two other things. The harmonica kicks in. But I remember being a kid. Remember you grew up and you had to play the recorder? Oh, absolutely. There's the recorder. Someone actually plays a recorder in that song. And it sounds amazing. I actually start dancing to a recorder. What are the chances, <laughs> right? So there, that song always made me move. And my dad would just... You know, he went from that old love, you know, like do like slow air guitar to, you know, you start we all start strumming. You know what I mean? There was a strum going, and and this song reminds me of those Saturday mornings. You know, my my mom had her Beach Boys and you know and Celine Dion, but let me tell you something. I make fun of her now. We used to say she had a pledge. You know, uh, was it the Lemon Pledge? Yeah. You know, and you know she would play. You know, Baby, baby, baby. That Selena. Uh-huh. Every time, like she said, baby, she would spray her lemon pledge. You know what I mean? Like, if you smell lemon pledge, yeah, do you think of yeah, Celine Dion? Yeah, Celine Dion. <laughs> you know, but 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 let's be honest. It's actually a good song. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. you put that on now, everyone will sing. You know, out loud. Uh, so paint a picture of the room that your dad would have been standing in, so we can picture this. As oh, okay. So so we had a bi-level house, so or or a raised ranch or whatever you call it. So it was like two levels. So you had the stairs that went up and down, and then as soon as you came down the stairs, if you sat on the landing and looked down the stairs, there's just a it's like a basement, so that the windows were small, so yeah. you could see out, and and there would be a whole stereo system there, and he would literally be standing in front of it, just going away, man. Yeah. Let's listen to it. Uh, yeah. This is San Francisco Bay Blues from Eric Clapton's Unplugged album, released in 1992. That's a kazoo. That's a kazoo. <laughs> it reminded me of being a kid and playing that recorder where they remember they used to make you always have yeah, the little yeah. red thing. That's what it sounded like to me. So I'm like, it's a recorder. <laughs> um, are you left-handed? I am not. You uh, air guitar left-handed. 
I do, huh? Yeah. Maybe that's why everyone always thinks I could play guitar. Maybe so. Uh, I, I'm I, like, I, I can I, play air guitar. I noticed that. Because, yeah, <laughs> you, 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 uh, hey, when you shoot pool, do you shoot pool right-handed or left-handed? Um, which, which stick, which hand holds the stick? Left-hand. Uh, but the back No, hand. no, right hand, right hand. So, yeah, so yeah, that's a weird thing because a lot of times, like, I'm right-handed, but I play the guitar left-handed, I play pool left-handed, and I shoot a gun left-handed. Really? And it's because my left eye is my dominant eye. You know, what's interesting is I was a baseball player, and, and I noticed that when I go and bat lefty, I see better. probably have more of a dominant eye that way than I'm don't sure even that's realize the case. it. What yeah. position do you play? I was a, 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 a center field and pitcher when I was a kid, yep. yep. Um Let's. Uh, we're gonna skip ahead real quick here. Baseball cards. I also um, read that you, uh, if you had more time in your life, yeah, you might get into baseball yeah, cards. Yeah, uh, how serious were you about baseball cards oh, in the, man. back in the day? I, I I love baseball cards, and and it's funny as this past weekend I started giving my boys all the baseball cards I collected. You know, but I got into it again when I was older. But I used to have you know all those eighties, and they're worth nothing. They're absolutely worthless, which we find out, which is devastating. You, you know, you collected all the, the sets, the tops. Or, so when I got older, I started collecting like the Reggie Jackson rookie cards, right. and Johnny Bench and, and, you know, really, you know, getting into it, you know, going after basketball cards from, you know, Will Chamberlain and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And, you know, we got into that. But but yeah, I I, I I loved I loved the like you know the treasure chest aspect and you know trying to collect things. I, I enjoyed baseball cards and I love baseball. Who's your team? I'm a New York Yankees okay, fan. Yeah, I figured yeah. as much. Yeah, the evil empire. Um, so, do you do karaoke? You were singing some during that song. Oh, I do. Yeah, I do. Not well, but I like. What's that. your go-to song? You know, I I think I I think I mentioned it. Uh, it it is usually. Keep on loving you from Mario Speedwagon, <laughs> you know, um, or or you know if if you really want to get crazy and get everyone wild, obviously you got to do something like Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer, or or you know if if I'm uh, you know had a good amount of drinks in me, I'll shoot a little you know Backstreet Boys just to oh, have wow. a little fun, you just know, have a little fun. Up. Yeah, you ever do any Springsteen? No, I don't do the Springsteen. That'd be like the, crossing the line. Yeah, this is wrong, man. <laughs> That's just wrong. Um, does music fit into your job anywhere besides listening to it, like maybe in your office or something like that? Um, no, I, I just listen to a lot of music. I actually listen to music when I work sometimes. I, I, I think well when music is playing. Uh, how do you listen to music these days? On my phone. It is, and you know, obviously, you know, Bluetooths and so on. So phone, on. headphones, or buds, or speaker, yep. Bluetooth speakers. Yep. What about in the car? In the car, just you know, I, I blast music twenty four seven. So, but still coming off your phone. Yep, always off my phone. Yep. When was the last time you listened to FM radio music? Oh, I don't even remember, man. I literally <laughs> listen to I listen to my own music at all times, and and even when I had a. CD player, I would just listen to my own. I wasn't a big radio guy. Last time I did it was high school when I used to drive to school. We had the radio on, you know, and that was, that was, I don't listen to it anymore. When was the last time you purchased music that had a physical form? I collect vinyl. So that I do, I try to buy the albums that mean something to me that I can listen all the way through in vinyl because it's tough to play one song and take it off and put yeah, on another. Yeah, you're not going to jump around with vinyl. Yeah. So, so I buy vinyl. I, I mean, I just got, um, uh, you know, uh, red hot chili peppers, and I, you know, I just got uh, um, uh, Leonard Skinner's first album. Hmm. Uh, you know, which is, by the way, has all their big songs were on their first album. I found out. <laughs> I bought their vinyl, but I, you know, I used to have friends uh, that would be like, "Hey, I'm getting rid of my vinyl collection. Would you want?" It? And everyone just gave them 
away. And then, so in our house, we have vinyls everywhere. They're sitting around everywhere, you know? I just heard this morning on Morning Edition that um, vinyl is officially the most popular and profitable physical form of music today. It it's is. It's completely resurged. Uh, the pandemic helped a lot. People were buying stuff and starting new hobbies and things like yeah. that. But yeah, vinyl's where it's at now. Oh, it's, and it's, it sounds so different and so cool, and it's so much fun to put it on and look at the you know. It's like a the ritual. Case. There's it something is. like a like like a thing like you're doing mindfully. Um, how good is your uh, your your stereo system? Do you have like a it's, decent stereo it's system? It's not super for the crazy. You, you haven't gone like down the deep end. Of no, the $2, not thousand dollar speakers. No, no, not no. Yet. I kept it simple. I kept it simple, but it works. It works good. Um, so you are a business observer, forty under forty for twenty twenty one. I was, yeah. You're quoted as saying, uh, "I believe uh, through mistakes we can actually make things better. We learn from our mistakes, we adjust them, and get better and better over time." So, what's the biggest mistake you've ever made that you're willing to talk with us about? <laughs> <laughs> and what did you learn from it? <laughs> oh man, um, uh, you know, I, I've I've made so many mistakes in life, haven't we all? Um, yeah. Well, I don't want to put you too much on the spot. No, but. no, that, that's that's okay. That's okay. You know, I mean, you know, that's the thing is like half the mistakes that I say I can make, I and you end up, you know, you end up being like a phoenix, right? You got to rise above, right? and yeah. that and that's the thing I try to you know encourage from my business world is is um. I don't believe in perfection. Perfection can happen, but perfection can happen over time. So, you know, my biggest mistakes, I've made so many mistakes in life. I, I don't know. It's a hard end, a hard question, i got to be honest with you. I can't even think, like, off the top of my head. That's okay. We don't need to have specifics <laughs> yeah, yeah. on this one. So another thing that I read is, is that while you don't listen to the radio – um, and you don't really listen to podcasts much. You do listen to Joe Rogan sometimes. I do. And I got to say, you can kind of – you could do like a Joe Rogan impersonator contest and then uh. would probably <laughs> be in the top five. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Do it yeah. for Halloween. Yeah, you do the Joe Rogan Joe Rogan for Halloween. I like it. I, like uh, it. I was going to let you and Richard geek out on Joe Rogan a little bit, but he hasn't made it back. Oh, he hasn't studio, made it back? So, yeah, no. so you could do that after the show because okay, he would enough. love to talk to you about fair Joe enough. Rogan. Um, so – um, um, so, uh, da, 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 da. sorry, I got my script out of order earlier. And so this is all going to either get cut out or stay in. We don't know yet. No problem. Um, okay. So back to live music. Um, who is your dream act that you'd like to see live that you haven't yet? Oh, good question. Um, you know, y- you mentioned one is I would love to see Radiohead. I mean, I just grew up with it, you know, and it's like one of those bands I would be, you know, dying to see live. I also, I'm upset I never got to see the Rolling Stones as simply, which I heard they're playing again. I was going to say, it's still not too late. I know. I, I know. I, I've, been, we've, I've been saying it's still not too late for 20 years. <laughs> It's it's true. Did you ever see them? No, no. I don't. I don't. They don't resonate with me. Yeah, they're not like the Beatles. I, I think the Beatles are better. Personally, something about well. it. Just actually, I'm, I'm going to be honest. It just occurred to me the other day. I was driving down the road. Rolling Stones came on, and I always think, why don't I like these guys? I don't like his voice. Yeah, I don't like his voice. Just going to say it. Yeah. I'm taking. taking. <laughs> you know, I, I have I have a I have a debate upon this on the best bands of all time, and the Stones don't have what makes a best band ever. And to me, it's multiple singers, right? If you look at the Beatles, you had you had four singers, right? I mean, Ringo hardly sang, but I mean, I, Harrison was some of my favorite songs. Is Harrison, yeah, right? And then look at the Eagles. I mean, 
how many singers did they have? Like, the Take It to the Limit was sang by the bassist. I don't even know his name. Randy Meister or something? Like, no one even knows that that's the bassist. Glenn Fry, Don Henley, Jill Walsh. You know, I mean, the one guy came in from Poco. Well, I forget his name. Timothy... Smith or something like that. He sang a. Uh, it was a number one song. We all know it. Can't even come off the top of my head here, but Eagle song. Yeah. Can you? Uh, oh man, it was Take off. It the, no. no, it was off the long run. It was the the big song off the long run, the last album. Uh, Jared's looking it up. Okay. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. I was going to say something that was related to that. Did you say Don Felder? Don Felder, no, um, um, Timothy, it's off the long run. It was Timothy uh, B. Schmidt. P- Timothy, Timothy B. Schmidt. B. Schmidt. Sorry. Of course it's Timothy B. Schmidt. Vocals and bass guitar. Did you see the trailer yet for the new Beatles documentary that's coming out produced by Peter Jackson? I have not, but I can't wait to see that. Back uh, when they made Let It Be, they brought a camera crew in and they filmed everything, like 60 hours of footage. Really? And they put together apparently a documentary at the time that the Beatles hated because that was like right at the end of before they broke up. And the documentary that they put together really painted them in a bad light. So it really never got much exposure. Well, Peter Jackson – Who's the guy that made Lord of the Rings? I would love to. And he made the um, I don't know if you saw the World War One documentary where he restored all the old footage. Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. he's done that now with fifty hours of Beatles footage, and he's putting oh. together a four-hour documentary. Oh, oh I, I'm I geek go out watch on go watch the the I mean. The the trailer gives you chills because it's like it looks so good. They were in there with film cameras, full color, just sitting around with them while they're like literally making up the songs because they were on a deadline. They're but, making up the, the songs? Yeah, oh, they were – there's like – it's like you know, there's one where John Lennon's like – just fill it in with words, you know, cauliflower, use cauliflower. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like singing like let it be or something. No so, way, Yeah, man. so you'll have to see that. Yeah. Um, M- movies with music. Do you have any favorite oh, movies, oh, soundtracks? Absolutely. Almost Famous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tiny yeah. Dancer. Yeah, Tiny Dancer, man. <laughs> That's where it got me. That song got me in that movie when I was a kid. Not a kid. I was a you know, I was high school or yeah, maybe your early perfect college. age for it. Probably that that movie blew our minds, man. Yeah, it was I've seen that movie so many oh, times. So many times. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's get on to your third song. Okay. And which is what I thought was your second song. That's what I was alluding sorry, to. Sorry, yeah. Sorry. No, that's okay. It's the Four Non Blonde song, which took over the world when it came out. Oh, how did not? Yeah, how did exactly. Not? I mean, does that song not give everybody chills? I mean, you know, it's still to this day it holds up. It just keeps climbing. Yeah, you know? it's just and 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 it's so well written and 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 the way that she she communicates with you as a as a listener, like you know and. You know, scream at the top of my lungs, what's going on? You play that at any party, everybody yeah, will sing. everybody e- will sing. Everybody will sing. So what's the story? So, um, you know, that, that song has so many different stories in life, right? But it, it's actually more of a recent story, and that's, and that's what's interesting is um, in New Year's Eve this year, we were at a party, and we have a bunch of friends, and they have this cool backyard, and – and, and, you know, everyone's sitting in the backyard. They have lights around their trees. It was, it was awesome, I remember. And they're like, well, it's a, the countdown's about to happen. What are we going to do? What's, what's the song for 2021? Oh. And I'm like, oh, what is the song for 2021? 2020 was not cool, right? I mean, not a great year, right? It was a weird year. 2021, I think things are getting weirder right now. Um, <laughs> um, okay. So I was like, it's got to be what's up. 
right? We were like four non-blondes. And everyone was like, yeah, yeah, you know? And it became all of us, you know, at the countdown, instead of the countdown, everyone was, you know, I said, hey, yeah. Did you try to time it so the yep. song coasted yeah. in? Yeah, co- coasted into the new year. And That's it did. beautiful. It did, man. It did. And and I think that's unfortunately a scary thing. But, you know, when you think about it, you know, I'm going to scream at the top of my lungs what's going on. And I really feel that way right now. You know? Yeah. You know? Um, well, let's listen to it. And just so you know, I was able to find a version where somebody recorded it off vinyl. Really? At a really high fidelity. So this is going to be like as close as digital can get to vinyl. Oh, I love it. This is What's Up by Four Non Blondes from their album Bigger, Better, Faster, More, released in 1992. Rocking out in the studio here. Can I just say you play air guitar, air drums, air everything? You name it. I do it. I, I, I'm learning air piano. It's, I'm working on it. <laughs> I was taken back to what must have been 92, 93, shortly after that same mm-hmm. song came out. I would have been 20 or 21, um, partying with my friends. My friend Chris Melhouse had this little apartment, and I swear he played that song like 20 times oh, in yeah. a row, like in a <laughs> row. And what it really made me realize, especially there at the end, was that, you know, 25 seemed old then. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, wow, was, what are those 25-year-olds are up to? <laughs> I know. I know. You know, that song has meant so much to so many people for so long. Yeah. I mean, it still holds up today. You know, you play that for, you know, I, I, my my boys like that song. They're like, wow, this song is so good. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. just. There's it, just something about it. It's yeah. got universal appeal. It does. It does. And it can mean so many different things to so exactly. many different people. Yeah. You know? and, but it's got a lot of power in it. Yeah. And, and the power cool. the power is what, 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 what gets me. You know what I mean? I, I, I think it, it gives me, uh, it gives me um, hope and confidence. There's something about that song, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, do you have a nickname that has stuck over the course of your life? You know, I have not. No, I have not. I'm okay. trying to think about it. No, not that I know we can, of. We can, ma- we can make one up now. <laughs> Today was the day that Brian got a nickname. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Um, if you were a championship wrestler, what song would you come into the arena on? Ooh, good one. Good one. Ooh, championship wrestler. And what would your wrestler name be? Ooh, wrestler name. Hmm. Ooh. Take your time with this one. You know, I crafted this question because I want you to think about that persona, you know, like when you're coming out, that pyrotechnic, that pop from the crowd. So what song would make people go crazy for your wrestling character? (laughs) (laughs) You know, he he took away my funny part because, yeah, I was I was that would that would be absolutely hilarious, by the way. You know what? If my name is Speedwagon and I come out to hurt it from a friend who I think that that's great. I, I mean, that is amazing. Because if it's a song people can sing along to, yeah. then everybody will be behind Speedwagon. it. You know? Speedwagon. Speedwagon. Oh, I love that's it. That's my wrestler That's your name. new nickname. Speedwagon. Oh, so we did it all in one fell swoop. We got the nickname. We got the wrestler name. We got your intro. What are you What are you wearing? What do you look like as a... Oh, oh it's definitely going to have spandex to it. I was like, you're wearing like the Rock and the Speedo. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You got, it's got to be hardcore like that. <laughs> it's got to be hardcore. You going to pull a wagon behind you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> An air flyer with your manager oh, yeah. in this. <laughs> oh yeah, no. You know what? I think I, I think I would actually go and I would get my inspired uh, outfit from the '80s Speedwagon. I would have to go look and see what they wore back yeah, then. Yeah, exactly. Just you know? riff on because I guarantee it looked like wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? that's true. Yeah, they probably wore some no, weird stuff. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, if you were a cocktail or a drink of some kind, what would it be? Oh, um, and name it. You know. I, 
I'm, if I have to name my own cocktail or what I would like to what be? Would, if, if, if you were distilled into a cocktail, what would it be? It would be a very, very nice tequila on the rocks with a little salt on the rim. Okay. There you go. And it's called the Speedwagon. Speedway. <laughs> no, no, that's the Ario. We already have Speedway. That's the Ario. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have a TV theme song that is committed to memory that you would sing with us if we brought it up on YouTube? Oh, wow. TV theme song. Um, oh, man. I'm trying to think about my favorite TV uh, shows when I was a kid. Um I was an X Files fan, so I was I was a weirdo. I'm trying to think. Nothing here. wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, voice I don't even think there's any word. Pull it up. Let's do. Let's do our own. Unless you have one. Oh no, no. I absolutely love this. Let's have some fun with the X Files. While she's pulling that up, what song have you listened to most in your life? If you had to guess, ooh, I would say. Many, many songs. Um, to be honest with you, What's Up? I've probably yeah. listened to a, thou- a million times. I listen to it over and over again. But the Radiohead, you know, High and Dry, uh, Fake Plastic Trees, I've listened to those songs yeah. since I was, you know, I mean, they always communicated, had those CDs. So I overplayed them almost, you know. It right. just, just blew my mind. Um, I'm also a Dylan fan, surprisingly. Oh, Yeah. Oh, I, like, yeah. I love me some Dylan. Blood on the Tracks is my Dylan jam. I like, that, I that, could just listen to it over and over. That again. album blows my mind. Like all mind. the other Dylan could go away, and I'd be like, "That sucks," but Blood on the Tracks is still here. See? Oh. And I would sit in a dark room and eat a bowl of ice cream as a little kid, and I would watch this, man. Oh, yeah. My whistler's not too good today. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Well done. (laughs) That was fun. Uh, Is there any kind of music you'll avoid listening to? I don't like country music. I like old country some stuff, but I'm not a country That is a unanimous comment we get i think from guests well, generally unanimous, well i get okay you sorry you can't be generally and unanimous well i did <laughs> <laughs> listen you know today i mean what they call country music i don't even know if that's is that considered country music it's like weird i just got this pop sound to it so just my own opinion i'm not i'm not in, i don't like it are there any songs that you'll avoid listening to because of a memory that's going to be revived by them oh um you know i have i i the Walkmen is a great band, and I don't listen to them anymore because I remember this really ugly moment in time where I got in this 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 crazy fight. Like I, I can't explain. It was just like a bad moment in time, and that song was on when I was going to the the event I was going wherever I was going, and something happened and. I will never listen to the Walkman again. There's something about it's a, and I love that band. There's something like I'm like, if I do this, something bad will be happening. Like, gotcha. Yeah, I stay away from that's it. That's a great answer. Yeah. Um, you mentioned you have vinyl, um, so you'd like to pursue albums that you do like to listen to all the way through. Are there any albums that you will always prefer to just listen to all the way through? I'm going to say Radiohead. <laughs> well, yeah, well, ra- Radiohead. Um, um, I, I, uh, Pearl Jam, No Code. I don't know if you know that album. That was one of their obscure albums that no one listened to, even though actually it became a number one album, but only because 
they had um, Vitology was before that. Right. They had so, so much momentum. It, exactly. So they came out with No Code, which in the indie scene, I consider from a grunge, you should check out that album. Play it all the way through. It is so unique and different. They tried to do something different, and it blew my mind. Mm. And I listened to it all the way through, bought it on vinyl. Even my wife, like, we listened to it all the way through. Cool. Um, album you would choose if you could only have one? Ooh. Um, if I can only have one album, you know, I, I, I have I have to say because there's something about when I just play this, it always makes me happy. I would have because I have it on vinyl. Is the Eagles' greatest hits? <laughs> it just plays through, and I'm like peaceful, easy feeling. Yeah. Take it easy. Take Desperado. it to the limit. Desperado. I mean, you just like sit there, like ah, you know. It's a peaceful, easy feeling. It, it's it's on a Saturday. You sit back. It's every song is good, and you're relaxed and enjoying yourself. Well, I got there. that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, what would your 14 year old self think of who you are today? I think I think he'd be a, you know, I was a anxious young teenager, so I think he'd be like, wow, um, you know, how the heck did you relax this much? When I'm, people don't think I'm relaxed, but I am compared to that fourteen-year-old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give to your fourteen-year-old self if you could send something back? Oh, uh, um, chill out. Yeah, relax. <laughs> you know what? Everything's going to be okay. Every time something bad happens, it's not the end of the world. Just keep moving forward and, you know, it will work itself out. And learn from your mistakes. Always learn from your mistakes. And that's it. You learn from your mistakes. You know, uh, perfection. If you try to be perfect off the bat of anything, you, you stunt yourself. You're done. I mean, that's my opinion. And 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 I've, I I follow it in business. I follow it in life. I you. Know, if you try to be perfect right off the bat, you can make perfect over time potentially, but you must make all those mistakes and, yep. and be willing to be like, hey, I messed up. I need to redirect. You know, yep. uh, That's the only way to do things. You have to accept the new reality every time a situation exactly. gets broken somehow and you just have to take it from there. And take it from there and pivot and move and be like, OK, you yep. know what? Now, hey, guess what? We messed up 10 times, but it looks great now. You know. <laughs> Um, okay, it's time for you to recommend your three people who you'll share this oh, with, who you um, think we could get. You know, I, 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 right off the bat, um, the person that recommended me for this is Marie, uh, who's our PR, uh, PR uh, communications manager, and I have to recommend her. Um, sure. This is her favorite podcast, and it's not just that. Is <clears throat> I think uh, she would do a fantastic job. Uh, she 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 seems very passionate. Was her getting you on this show just a long game to get on you the know, show? I, I don't know. I'm, po- I'm possibly thinking that now. I'm possibly thinking that. Okay, um, so Marie's first one. Yeah, and Marie's one. Um, another one is uh, one of my neighbors. His name is Sean Ellis. Um, I, I have to ha- I recommend him. He is an absolute music freak. We geek out on music all the time. His son is quite the musician, and I, I think that he would have a lot to say here and a lot of great music uh, knowledge. Okay, cool. And then the third one, you're killing me. I don't know, man. i got to think about this. Well, you can send one to us. Okay, I'll send we one to We you. won't make you right. sweat. Fair enough. Uh, okay, well, thank you so much. You have did it. You've done oh, it. Uh, do you have any done. final thoughts for us? Um, no, I, I thank you very much. This was fantastic. I had so much fun. I had so much fun and uh, got to rock out to some music and, and you know, Thank you very much. Thank you.
We make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. Tara Calligan is online content producer and host. Christoph is his executive producer. Our theme song was created by Dave, 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 Cowan, and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. This week's parting tune, we're going back a year to episode 140 guest, December Jade, founder of Set Life Pro, which showcases the Southwest Florida music and art scene in ways that aim to help build an inclusive community. Her second song, Midnight Memories by One Direction, brought her back to when she first started college at Florida Gulf Coast University and the drama and tension that was happening with her family life at the time. Her parents had suddenly moved to Miami for a job for her dad, and that meant she was totally on her own for the first time. They were just kind of like, all right, kid, figure it out. So I stayed with my best friend, Maria. We shared a bedroom, bathroom, and closet for over six months as two 19-year-old girls. And uh, we were both going through some really hard times with family stuff, and... uh, We kind of just took any money we made from tips and kept putting it aside for concerts. And our first arena concert we went to together was my first ever, and it was One Direction. Which I wasn't a fan at first, but then she kind of forced it upon me. (laughs) Um, But we would ride to FGCU for our 8 a.m. class every day, listening to their new album. And Midnight Memories was one of the songs on there. And we would just like scream at the top of our lungs, midnight memories with all the windows down. (laughs) And it was just a way for us to start the day off with the laughter so the day wouldn't suck as much. Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. I did get emotional when I listened to it and was like, we're going to we're going to save this for when I'm on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) 